Welcome to Wisdom's Table with Rachel Wardman. You should know this podcast will cause you to grow. We go deep on all kinds of topics related to the Christian life, leadership, relationships, business, and so on. Listening to this episode just might be the best part of your day, so let's get started. Welcome to Wisdom's Table with Rachel Wortman. This is the second episode launch of this podcast, and I'm just excited that you're here. I want to welcome you if you're new to the podcast, new to listening. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that is really important to me. It has changed my life, and I want to share some, some principles with you about goal setting and aligning to the will of God for our life. It is the new year. We're launching into 2024. And I know many of us, if not most of us, have specific goals that we are writing on paper. We're doing the whole Habakkuk 2 thing where we're writing it down, we're making it plain, and we're getting really clarifying and good at going, Lord, this is what I want to do this year. And one of the things I know is that God does not always align with our goals. Now, some people might tell you, well, Proverbs says, present your plans to the Lord and he will make your path straight. And I would say, yes, that is in the Bible. But the practical application of what it looks like to present our paths and our goals and our requests to the Lord does not always result in God saying, great plan, let me make this happen for you. Now, I don't know, maybe I'm like different. Maybe everybody else is experiencing that and I'm over here having a whole different relationship with the Lord. But what I know to be true is that God will look at my list and he'll say, yeah, some of that's for now, some of that's never, never gonna happen, not for you. And some of that, we can work on it, but it's a long time coming. And one of the things that causes a lot of disappointment and frustration, at least in my life, is this feeling that I am out of sync with the Lord. Like I've got all these goals and plans and he just does not seem to value those goals in the same way that I do. And so I've learned over the years some secrets of the faith that have, you know, really helped me hone in so that I can accomplish incredible things with the Lord. And if you're listening to this and you know anything about my story, you know that I have accomplished incredible things with the Lord. I have seen God do unbelievable things in my life, and I'm sure I'll bring up a lot of those stories as we journey through this podcast together. So when I say this, it's not just empty words. There are There's a lot of weight behind this strategy that I'm going to give to you today. But I want to share with you this worship song that I heard about... I don't know, nine years ago for the first time. And I got a hold of this album. It's called It's Time to Say Something by Bishop Joseph Garlington. And this album is from, I believe, the early 90s, maybe. And it is um, gospel style music. And it is not my typical style of worship playlist. It's just, it's like got a lot of trumpets and saxophones and, you know, type of music that I don't typically go to when I want to spend time with the Lord. But my husband had been at a church conference and he heard this pastor talk about it. And he was telling testimonies of people listening to this worship album and getting wrecked by God, having to pull the car over because they were crying so hard. So of course I was intrigued. I was like, well, what are these songs? I want to hear them. And at first glance, as I listened to the album, I thought, what are these songs? This is crazy. But let me tell you, the theology in these lyrics is so rich and powerful that it quickly became one of my favorite worship albums of all time. 
and I still feel like I do about the style of it. It's, it's still not my go-to style, but the words help my heart connect to the Holy Spirit so much. And one of those songs I want to share with you today, it's called Don't Do It Without Me. Don't Do It Without Me by Bishop Joseph Garlington on the It's Time to Say Something album. And you can listen to this on Apple Music. I don't know if it's on other places, but it's definitely on Apple Music. And there's a line in this song that says, Lord, whatever you're doing, don't do it without me. Lord, if you're healing, don't heal without me. Lord, if you're blessing, don't bless without me. Lord, if you're, and he goes on and he lists four or five different things. And I love this song because what it does in my heart is it realigns me to the plan of God over my life. I might be saying, God, would you give me blessing? Would you give me a favor? Would you give me finances? And the Lord might be saying, well, I'm actually giving you healing. And so I can miss some of the healing that he's giving me because I'm over here consistently like that Luke 18 persistent widow asking for something else. So what does it look like in our life to align to what it is that the Lord is doing in our hearts? What does it look like to align to his plan as the first and foremost goal? I mean, Jesus tells us, right? He says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So what does that mean? It says God has a plan for our life that often looks different than the one that we come up with. But if we will go with what God is wanting to do, the Lord will make sure that everything works out for us in the end. If we will say yes to what God is asking, to righteousness, to surrender, to following his leading, he will make sure the things we need come to us. It's a really interesting principle because it goes completely against hustle and grind culture, right? It goes completely against this idea that I just have to chase and chase and keep going and keep showing up and push myself. And although there is really high value in consistent effort and disciplined work ethic, when we're chasing something that we want so badly because we just know come heck or high water, we're going to get that thing. I think sometimes we can try to usurp what God is doing. We can go, Lord, I don't, I don't, I maybe don't even need you. I can make this happen on my own. So I heard this song, I don't know, nine years ago or so, and that began to be my prayer. Lord, whatever you're doing, I want to be a part of it. Because if you're doing something in my life, not only do you need my participation for it to go well for me, but also it's faster if I lean into what you're doing. God, if you are healing, don't heal without me. Heal my heart, heal my soul, heal my mind, heal my thoughts, heal every single part of me. God, if you're blessing, don't do it without me. I want to be part of the blessing that you're giving. I want to experience it for myself. Lord, if you're teaching, I want to be teachable. Does this make sense? I think it's so powerful when we come to the Lord at the beginning of a year especially, and we just say, God, what is it that you're doing in my life? So recently, about December or so, I was spending time with God and I said, Lord, I, I want to know what it is that you want to teach me over the next year. I don't know that I've ever asked that before. Usually I'm saying, you know, what's the theme of, the li of my life? What's the word? Um, what's the banner? You know, I'm, I'm usually asking questions like that. What are the goals you have for me? But for some reason, I just felt like I want to ask What's the, what's, what do you want to teach me? And the Lord said something to me that I thought was so interesting. He said, I want to teach you about seeds, about sowing and about reaping, about expecting to reap from where you sow and learning to sow strategically. 
Now that got my attention. And if you guys want to hear about some of the things God has been teaching me, shoot me a message or a DM on Instagram and let me know, because I'll, I'll share that with you if you're interested in it. But it was fascinating to me to begin to learn about seeds. So I said, God, start speaking to me. The first thing I did was um, I started researching in the Bible, where are the stories about farming principles? And I started Googling all different kinds of things. I have a few different study Bibles and I have a Bible study software that I go into and I just start digging and digging and digging. So you might be saying, well, the Lord isn't teaching you directly. Well, this is how we participate with what he says. So he says to me, I want to teach you about seeds. Now I'm going to go start learning about sowing. I'm going to go take the initiative to say, if this is what you're doing in my life, Lord, I want to align with that. Can I tell you a secret? I don't necessarily want to learn about this. <laughs> like when I thought about 2024, learning about farming was not, I, I, I'm, it, that's not on the list. It didn't make the cut. When I think about learning, you know, what do I want to learn about the Lord in 2024? Sowing principles, just, it didn't come up to the top, but the Lord said, this is what I want you to learn. And so when God invites us into that, everything has to stop to align to what he's wanting, right? And when we align to what he wants, everything begins to work in our favor. That doesn't mean it's always favorable, but things begin, to, the ball begins to roll and things begin to step into motion. So what do you do with the goals that are on your heart? How, how do you, you know, how do you restructure them or submit them to the Lord? What do you do with it? Well, here's my suggestion for you. In my opinion, we want to lean into the season that God has us in. So when you're looking at the goals that you have, make sure you're also including the parameters around your life and looking at whether or not those goals are conducive to the season that God has you in. Let me give you another example. Uh, Psalm 16 says that the boundary lines have fallen for us in good places. So what this tells us is that God, and there's other scriptures that affirm this, that God draws boundary lines around us, right? He draws boundary lines and he says, this is your parameters. So uh, in marriage, great example, you have a boundary line where this is your partner and this is where your physical affection goes. And you're out of bounds if you take that physical affection and use it anywhere else outside of that marriage. We can experience this with um, our time as parents. We can experience this in our careers. There's boundary lines around us in all the things that we do. So we can look at our goals and say, I want to accomplish X, Y, Z. And those goals may not be like applicable to the season of life that you're in. If you say, I, I have a newborn baby, but I want to, um, you know, go do something that's going to require you to be running on all cylinders at all hours of the night, that might be really hard because physically your body is recovering. So we take our goals and we look at the Lord and we say, God, what is the season that I'm in? And we start reflecting, we start analyzing, and we look and we say, okay, am I in a narrow season or am I in a broad season? So Psalm 16, again, it says their boundary lines have been drawn around you in pleasant places. So we look at those boundary lines. Am I in a narrow season or a broad season? When I was a stay-at-home mom, I was a stay-at-home mom for a long time. My season was very narrow. My kids, I had three kids under five um, and then I went through a lot of health situations and then I had another child. And so now I've got this spread of four kids in 10 years. And uh, my life was very narrow for a very long time. That meant that I just didn't have the capacity or the time or the energy to do much more. But the reason is because the Lord had called me to put my focus at home. 
That's not everybody's calling, but that was my calling. The Lord had told me, this is your boundary line. You stay here. You're with those kids. You keep them alive. You train them. You discipline them. You know, you train them up. And I did that with a happy heart. My life today looks nothing like it did eight years ago. It just, it is like a whole different, like a body transportation thing. Like I'm I'm living such a different life, but my boundary lines have changed. So we want to look at our season and the, the specific things we're doing with our time and that we're committed to. And we want to f- like look at our goals and analyze our goals through that lens, because in doing that, we can have an accurate prediction of what we can accomplish. Now, I'm a huge proponent in believing bigger and in partnering with the Lord. And so there are seasons of life where we look and say, I need to offload some of these responsibilities And that's, you know, what's going to be required of me if I want to go accomplish these goals. If I want to take steps forward, some things are going to have to change. And that's good. And that might be something that you need to do. But for others of us, we need to reevaluate our goals and make sure that they align with the season that God has us in. Let's break this down super practically. If you're in a season where God is saying to you, I want to bring you abundance And all of a sudden in your life, the internal world begins to crumble and you begin to just experience all this frustration and challenge. And you're going, this does not feel like abundance. This does not feel like the reign of God. I am not experiencing all these things coming to me. In fact, I feel like all my insides are dying. I would say to you, you are right in line with the abundance God wants to bring. Why? Because I know how the seasons of God work. When he wants to increase us, he first challenges what's inside of us so that internally we can hold the increase that he wants to bring. Think about this in financial terms. The statistics say the lottery winners, right? It's like 90 something percent of lottery winners have spent all the money within four or five years. My financial advisor told me a story years ago about one of his clients who had received a trust fund of $7 million. And within five years, that money was gone. He bought Lamborghinis and he bought a big multi-million dollar home and he took all of these vacations and he could not believe that the money was gone. Most of us would do just about anything to get an inheritance of $7 million. But there's something about our internal infrastructure that has to be in place to be able to hold the abundance God wants to bring to you. You might be saying, I want to have an abundance of children. And the Lord is saying, okay, let's work on the infrastructure of your heart. You might be saying, I want to have an incredible marriage. And God begins that process with fixing us. I'll tell you this story. I'll never forget this either. I was um, about 10 years into my marriage and we had some very big challenges. Um, we, We have a pretty blessed life, so they weren't as big as, you know, a lot of people's. But to me, they were big and I was really struggling. I was really having a hard time because when you're at the 10 year mark, you kind of realize that you're in this for life and all the newness is definitely gone. And now you're looking at the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years of the same pattern. And it's very challenging. And I remember one night just feeling so frustrated and hypercritical of my husband and just wanting to be like, Lord, you've got to fix him. And we had gotten into a bit of an argument and, you know, we kind of tried to resolve it, but I knew this was a bigger issue that was not going to resolve in one conversation. So as I'm going to sleep, I rolled over, I'm at the edge of the bed and I'm just talking to Jesus. And I was like, God, you have got to fix this man. You've got to fix him, Lord. I don't think I can do this forever. And what I'm telling you is this was so mild. Like if you knew all the details, a lot of you would be like, oh, that's not really that big of a deal. Well, to me, it was a big deal. And so I remember the Lord saying to me, Rachel, I want to be your husband. 
you guys, I was so offended when he said that. I'm like, you gave me a husband. You gave me this great man to be my husband. Why are you now saying you want to be my husband? So I was being so bratty. So I said to the Lord, so are you going to buy me flowers? Are you going to you know, send me love notes? Are you going to make me feel loved and cherished and cared for? And Jesus said, yeah, yeah, I am. If you will look to me to have those needs met, I will help you. I'll fix, I'll fix your marriage. I remember just being in utter disbelief. Lord, you gave me this husband. My husband and I were called together. I mean, very dramatically, the Lord called us to, to live this life together. And I'm like, you gave them to me and now you're letting him off the hook. But let me just tell you, we're going to be, we're 10 years past that point now. We're going to be married 20 years this summer. The Lord has grown my husband so many ways since that moment. And the reason why I believe is because I stopped putting all the pressure to fix our relationship on him and started taking responsibility on what I could do and expecting him to do the same. So now we're both on our journey of growth and we get to grow towards one another. I think this is what it's like anytime the Lord begins to speak something amazing to us. He's like, I want to bring this dream to a reality. And all of a sudden frustration comes and inner reworking comes. But I want to tell you, if that's the season that you're in, you are in exactly the right place. Because if your infrastructure can't hold the increase, you will fail. If your infrastructure cannot hold the increase, you won't enjoy it. And the Lord loves you too much to bring something good to you that's going to actually hurt you. So what is the season of life that you are in? And what are the goals that are on your plate? What are the goals that you are hoping for? And then the next thing we do to evaluate those is we just get honest about what it would take to accomplish those goals. So I'm a huge proponent of this question, who am I becoming? Here's what I know to be true. If you could accomplish those goals that are on your list, if you if you were the person who could do that already, you already would have those goals accomplished. So you have to become the person who can accomplish that kind of list. You have to become the person who prioritizes their time in that way, who prioritizes their family in that way. I don't know what goals are on your list, who prioritizes their finances according to that. You have to become that type of person so that those goals can land and they can actually come to fruition. Let me just tell you this. God wants such good things for your life. God wants such good things for your life. And I don't know what is in your mind that might be telling you otherwise, but the, this is truth. The word of the Lord for you is he wants good things for your life, and he is willing to do what it takes to help you become the kind of person who can receive good things. So this is my prayer for you as we wrap up this episode of Wisdom's Table is that you would experience an alignment to the kingdom of God over your life that you would experience a, a, like an aligning of your goals to your season, to the word of the Lord over you so that there can be, let's just use the word synergy, so that there can be like a synergy from heaven to earth that comes where it feels like Isaiah 50 says, uh, I believe it's Isaiah 50 that says that the, that the word of the Lord does not return void. It feels like all of heaven is on your side to help you accomplish this thing. That's my prayer for you. And that's what the Lord wants for you. So I hope this was helpful. Until next time, be blessed.